doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and today we'll be speaking with husband and wife, Evan and Cami. Cami lives with an intensely painful condition called Crest, or limited scleroderma. Not only is this disease painful, but it is also eventually fatal. In today's episode, we'll talk about what this disease is, how it feels, and how it affects Evan and Cami's family. This was such a remarkable conversation. I've never had a conversation like this in my entire life with a husband and wife living with something hanging over them like this, and just the ways that they've managed to integrate this into their lives, raise their kids with the knowledge that their mom won't be around forever, find ways to value their life and each other, and it's just remarkable. It's just very powerful. I'm I'm so honored to share this with you, and I feel like this conversation really stayed with me in such a profound way, and I hope it does the same for you. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent me feedback on last week's episode. My partner Andy was here to share her experiences with her pituitary adenoma, and I heard from several people who also have pituitary adenomas that were so excited to hear someone else talking about this struggle that they've been going through alone, including a friend from high school that I had no idea had had this condition as well. And that's a huge part of what I want from this show is to reach people with rare diseases who have been going through it alone who can now feel like they are a part of a community or they you know, have some sort of support or someone else who has gone through it so that they don't feel so alone. That's what I want. And I hope that this episode this week um, on Crest and Limited Scleroderma can do the same. Thank you to everyone who reached out after last week's episode. It really meant a lot. The more episodes of this show I create and the more people I talk to, the more um, feedback I'm getting from listeners and just seeing that people are listening and are engaging and are getting value from this. Um, it's been really profound in my life. You know, I am at this sort of crossroads in my life right now where I, because of my own health struggles, I'm now using a wheelchair on and off and trying to figure out what does my future look like um, because I don't have a diagnosis. I don't know you know, there's just so, there's so much uncertainty in my life. And it's really hard to feel comfortable inside of that and to feel secure and to feel hopeful. And this show has helped me so much. And that is in large part, thanks to you, the listeners, the, the contributors who are coming on the show and sharing their stories. Um, there's something about this that, that is just feeling incredible. And I just want to say thank you to every single one of you for whatever part you're playing in this podcast, um, in the early days of this podcast, it's just really, it's holding me together. <laughs> it's giving me something to look forward to and a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging. And it's, you know, it's fulfilling so many things that I need in my life. So thank you so much um, for being a part of that. And an extra special thank you to Isaac, who sent in a donation of $11.11 this week. Thank you so much. This show is a passion project of mine, but it is also made possible by the support of listeners. Um, and if you are interested in supporting this show, you can find out all the different ways that you can do so at majorpainpodcast.com slash support. All right, well, let's get into our conversation with Evan and Cami about Crest or limited scleroderma. All right, Evan and Cami, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, this is really exciting. I mean, you know, it, it's not every day we get to talk to 
someone living with a major pain and their partner to get to get a sense of how it affects your lives and your family. So I really appreciate you guys being here. Well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Our so pleasure. Let's start by getting to know you both a little bit. Why don't we start with you, Cami? Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Cami. I'm 51 years old. I am married to Evan and we have two boys. Um, matter of fact, uh, we weren't supposed to have kids. They told me that I couldn't have children. And lo and behold, uh, at when I was 40 years old, I had Isaac and they said, you'll never have another one. 13 months <laughs> later, I had Noah. Wow. And I guess that's my claim to fame. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yes. And they're good kids. We got lucky and they're very healthy, which... Mm. Um, you know, I've been worrying the whole time since I've been sick that they would be sick as well. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Because rheumatic conditions can be hereditary and, um, but they are very healthy and they're happy. And I feel, I feel lucky most of the time. And I do have a a really good husband. Let let me just say that right out there. Oh, well, Evan, why don't you tell us about yourself as well? Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm Evan, and I'm Cammie's husband. And uh, uh, gosh, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of, she kind of went, kind of went over our our brief yeah. family history. And um, we well, met I know you've in- uh, you've spent some time serving our country. I'd love to hear a little bit about about that. Oh gosh, that was forever ago. Yeah, from '87 <laughs> to '93. Um, yeah, I was in the army. Then I was in the National Guard for a couple of years, and and uh, went to Desert Storm and yeah. played in the sandbox for a while. And that was forever ago, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very proud of him. Yeah. Oh, come on. About me. <laughs> and I know that you're both uh, big nerds, and we share a lot yes. of similar interests. <laughs> yeah, big time oh, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evan, you were the first podcast listener that. I ever knew of the first person who ever discovered my sci-fi podcast and was a fan. Oh, oh wow. really? Yeah. Well, yours was, um, I think yours was either the first or the second pod. I didn't even know what podcasts were. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I don't, I'm sorry. I don't recall if I started with yours or if I started with this other one, but yours, um, it spoiled me because it became like the standard by which I judged all podcasts because I started, Oh, well, let me start, you know, look at, you know, listening to this one and this one. And they, you know, the, the audio quality was terrible and the production quality was terrible. And, and so, um, yeah, I really kind of glommed onto your show and, uh, cause it was just nerdy and awesome. And then your music. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That, yeah. I yeah. found, I found your, you know, your music and, uh, and that um, Elliot song hit me real hard. And I don't, I don't know if you remember that, where I just went crazy and started <laughs> plastering that all over the place. I, I will never forget. Awesome. You sent me a video of your of your kids listening to Elliot. It was like one of the coolest things I've ever yeah. seen as like a, as a musician, just seeing people enjoy my music. And you're like, kids, who's this? And they're like, Jesse Mercury. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and I think I was telling you, they do think that you're a time traveler from the year 3000. And, 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 they, and they, do you think he'd let us try to tr- try to help him get home? Well, they want to fix your spaceship. <laughs> yeah, your time, yes. your time machine. Oh, yeah. Well, your, believe your time me, machine. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so I, excited. I'd like to, 
I'd like to book passage if you ever. Hey, if I get so. that thing working, we're all out of here. You know, yes. that's right. <laughs> Hopefully it's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you both today. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. Cammie, why don't you tell us about your major pain? Oh, boy. Um, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I in um, when my kids were one and two years old. I was um, having a lot of trouble, a lot of pain in my legs and lower abdomen and a lot of migraines. And um, I went in to take a test for one thing. And the doctor decided, well, we're going to do an ANA test. And that's an autoimmune test. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't hear back for almost six weeks. And we thought, well, nothing's wrong if we haven't heard back. And then she did contact me and she told me that I needed to come in and that she was going to send me to a rheumatologist and he was going to explain to me what's going on. And so I went to the doctor's office thinking that it's something that was curable, you know, mm -hmm. or something I could take medicine for and that would be all. And it turns out that it is a rare, um, fatal rheumatic condition that's um, it acts a lot like arthritis, but what it is, it's um, it's called crest with scleroderma or limited scleroderma. And it's a, uh, it react, it, it's a lot like lupus on the inside, hmm. your organs and everything on the inside. You have a lot of skin actually on the inside of your body. And, um, my that skin gets inflamed for example around all of my major organs such as heart lungs kidneys um you have like a a sack and it's um encased in skin and that if that skin gets inflamed that's when i have a lot of inflammation and a lot of trouble okay and um it is every day and it is something that is managed with pain. And they told me that if I did everything that I was supposed to, that I would have eight to 10 good years. Wow. And I'm on my ninth year. Wow. And, but, but I, I have uh, been very diligent with my health and I still get to play outside with the kids and I still get to go on walks. I still get to ride a bike. I still get to go shopping. I still get to do everything I want to do um, and everything that anybody else wants to do as well. And in fact, uh, for a couple of years when the kids were in school, I helped with the cross country team and I did run with them. And uh, so I try um, you know, I do push myself to keep going and it, the more I move and the more I do, and the more I believe, I think that the better my prognosis will be. Wow. I had no idea that that's what was going on. How did you feel when you first found this out? I was crushed. I thought... Well, Evan actually wasn't with me at the appointment. We didn't know it was going to be news like this. And 
so I went by myself thinking, you know, it's it's going to be a simple appointment. I'm going to learn a little bit, get medicine, and that's it. And that didn't turn out to be the case. Yeah. And um, I do like my rheumatologist a lot. I depend on him quite a lot. And that's really important, you know, to have a really good set of doctors because I have five doctors. And but um, they work well together. And uh, I feel very lucky to wow. have them. They're yeah. uh, they're a good support team and they don't leave me hanging. It's um it's nice that I have that. Absolutely. And another thing too, you know, like with every, with everything else, they tell you lose weight, don't drink, don't smoke. Well, I don't do any of those things anyway. Yeah. So that was really easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but there are a few other things, you know, there's a, a few things that um, I found that I couldn't do anymore. A lot of food I couldn't do anymore. And, uh, but those were easy adjustments. And, oh, I forgot to tell you. Okay, Crest, um, each letter, C-R-E-S-T, stands for something different. The, the C stands for, um, it's like a calcium deposit type thing. I actually don't have that, thankfully, because it's the most um, deforming on the outside. And the R is Raynaud's syndrome, where your hands kind of go to sleep and they get white. Mm -hmm. um, the circulation isn't good in your hands and your feet and legs. And I have that pretty bad. And then the E stands for esophageal um, dysfunction, which, and it's also called GERD or acid reflux. Mm -hmm. And I do have that and I have to take medicine for that. And I have to be real careful about um, when I eat things and the S is scleroderma, which is of the skin. Luckily, I don't have a lot of problems on the outside of my skin. It's all internal. Um, everything that's around my organs and on the inside. And uh, that's, it's hard because it's an, an invisible disease. Yeah. Um, so people think that because I look okay and I, you might have rosy cheeks or something like that. They might think, oh, she's healthy, but they have, they don't know, you know, right. it's a real silence. Um, it's a silent pain for sure. And the T stands for, oh, and I butcher this, um, but it's, it's like rosacea, the bad rosacea. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, that it doesn't, the, ros the rosacea part and, and the doesn't hurt very bad, but it's when I have a bad breakout, I tend to get depressed and feel, you know, like I don't look very good. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a toll on your self-esteem. Sure. And then when you don't feel good on the inside anyway, it's, when you don't, and you know, when you don't feel good on the inside, it's really hard to keep your spirits up and your self-esteem yeah. up anyhow. Yeah. And I got to say that aside from the pain, mentally, it's, uh, I, I have not enjoyed the mental part at all. And if I could, if I could do something to make the mental part better, I think that it would be better. It does. It really takes a toll on you. And when I get down or depressed or anxious, which is, 
I get anxious a lot. <laughs> um, you know, that affects my kids. It affects my husband. It affects um, my friends because I can't, you know, a lot of times I can't go out mm-hmm. or I'll make plans and then can't go out. And that happens um, more than 50% of the time that I have to cancel plans. And I, you really find out who your friends are. You yeah. really, you do. And there's, there's been a lot of people that have been crude and rude, especially when we were in school and we were in a private Christian school too. You'd think that those people would be a little more stable with their, the way that they treat others, but they were particularly horrible. Uh, <laughs> and, um, well, not because they're not were all Christian, of them, but right. Because well, they, was a, a lot of them had school. money, right? A lot of them have money. If you have <clears> money and then you can give or take anybody that doesn't meet your standards. And that's, you know, how they were. I'm sorry. Did I go on and on? Did, um, I know this is all I mean, oh. really, this is, you're doing great. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Evan, what was your response when, uh, when Cammie was first diagnosed? Um, I, I remember when she called me and, um, and you were so scared and you were crying and then I started crying and it, I was scared to death. It took a, it took a and, while for us to, it took a while to sink in that this will be. Yeah. Barring uh, getting in a car accident or eaten by sharks, this is what will kill you. Right. Wow. And so that's very hard to, it, that's very hard to deal with, you know, and the doctor's saying, well, you know, you, you should be able to see your, you know, you should be able to see your kids graduate. Should. But right. <laughs> and well, and, and the thing is, is, um, her, her quality of life at that point, you know, she may very well be in a wheelchair and, you know, um, and we, and we, we had a friend whose wife had something, it was some kind of, it wasn't, she had MS, she had MS yes. and uh, they had moved up here and we knew them for uh, maybe a year, yeah. if that, and we went out to eat and she was in a wheelchair and, and, and everything. <clears throat> and it wasn't, Two months. Two months. And he calls us and we go to the hospital and she then she's on her way out. Wow. Like know? in a matter of hours. And so I'm always thinking about that, wondering when the day is going to come that, you know, that we have to start thinking about that. And like with her, with her disease, um, you know, she's been on chemotherapy for, well, well since, since I you did, were diagnosed, basically. Yeah, I finally did get off of the chemo. Yeah, it wasn't, ra- you didn't have the radiation therapy no. or radiation treatments, but no. she had the, I can't remember what. It It was a chemo medicine yeah. that I did once a week on yeah. Wednesdays. And so it wiped me out Wednesdays and Thursdays for sure. Yeah. Often all the way into the weekend. But she had to be on it because that, because her immune system is going nuts and attacking mm her body. Yeah. And so, you know, that medicine keeps her immune system basically from doing that at the same time, kicking her ass every single week. That was hard. Yeah. And, and so, but what, what they're trying to do is because eventually what will happen is her, what is it? Lungs, heart, and kidneys. They'll eventually basically just start hardening up and, and stop functioning. And, um, and it does manifest itself outwardly. Sometimes you'll get these weird, like a rash, you know, on, on your arms or on your legs or on your face or, and it's just these weird 
flare-ups that she gets yeah <clears throat> and um stress is a big deal we went yeah. through big a big deal yeah we went through a really bad one um last month and of course these past f- five months or so our stress stress level has been absolutely out of control and it, which then makes things worse for her but it's it's hard you know being her husband i want to fix this yeah and it's really really hard knowing there's nothing I can do, nothing. Yeah. I, I can't fix it whatsoever. And so, you know, I'm not going to lie. I get scared. I get frustrated. I get depressed. And um, of course, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> that's no secret, yeah. but um, it, it's, it, uh, we, we tend to feed off of each other. You know, if he's upset, I'll get upset which doesn't help the condition at all. Yeah. And if I'm upset, he gets upset, which doesn't help the caregiver side at all. And um, stress is a big thing. Um, also, when I was first diagnosed and when I was first put on the medicine, um, the next 18 months were the worst I've ever lived through, ever. The pain and the inflammation all over my body. I just, I felt like uh, the Michelin man, you know, or Hey Kool-Aid, <laughs> but it, it's so much pressure in the chest and stomach and legs and it, and it hurts. It hurts head to toe. Wow. And um, that's, it's not, uh, well, anyway, so the first 18 months were really, really, really hard. And, um, Cause I had to learn how to live with things. I had to learn what to eat and what not to eat. I had to learn um, how the medicine is going to affect me and which medicines work and which medicines don't. And there we would go, I would go a whole month and have one good day in a month. Yeah. And um, that sucked. Honestly, there's no other word for it. It sucked. Yeah, for sure. And so finally, um, I decided for what, for whatever reason that I decided this, I just, I, I didn't want to live like it in, like that anymore. And, um, so one day I woke up and I walked out our back door and I started running <laughs> and I only made it to the mailbox. I didn't make it very far. <laughs> and but the next day I made it past the mailbox and the next day I made it a little further than that. And then the next day I made it a little further than that. And I did get, that is how I got my health back. Now, if wow. I had not done that, I would probably not be speaking to you. Wow. Because I absolutely, you, I had to move my body as much as it hurt. Yeah. And I remember the first time or the, it was the first week I would come in from running or actually it was shuffling, wasn't running at all. <laughs> And um, I would come home from shuffling to the mailbox and back at a the fastest pace I could go, and I would just collapse. It it was hard, and yeah. I would just lay on the stairs until I could get up. And but I did work myself up to. I ran three five Ks by wow. the end of the year. <laughs> That's so, amazing. <laughs> it was Mother's Day of two thousand fourteen that I said enough of this and went out the back door and it was in by December, I had run three, five Ks and I was going to the gym all the time. Um, but I made a, I made a, 
a pretty big mistake. I decided to that I had done my runs and that the next thing I wanted to do was um, I wanted to get back into kickboxing and Tybo again. <laughs> and so I did. I was doing that and I didn't have on shoes and I was on the carpet, you know, a lot of dumb things. And um, I was doing a really intense workout and my <laughs> my knee folded like the way it's not supposed to fold. <laughs> and I ripped the ACL um, over three quarters of the way around my knee. And uh, so that was the end of most of my running, except for shuffling. And that was the end of the kickboxing completely. <laughs> kickboxing career. Yeah, it, that was done. <laughs> and um, but I, I am glad I'm glad that I did that. And every now and again, I get back into this health kick and I just, I work until it hurts and I work until it hurts and I just, I just do it and do it and do it. And I'm better for it. And that's the reason why I'm in such good. I mean, that's the reason why I'm in this good a shape. It's not great shape, but it's certainly better shape than I would be in if I hadn't done that. And I'd say about once a year, I, sort of go through this health Yeah, you kind of get get some gumption. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, it, 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 there's more bad days than good days. There just are. Yeah. And so right now, like literally starting like this week is is starting to be good. And so we just kind of relish in like you went out and you took the kids out today yeah. and, and went to the park and stuff. And, but, you know, for, but for the past five or six months, it's been home. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that's it. Like you were talking about on your one episode where, you know, as soon as you wake up, if it's going to be a day where you're just going to lay on the couch mm -hmm. and that's yeah. all you're going to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's been for the past five or six months. And so just starting this week, this week has been an up week. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? Next? Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? You could crash tomorrow. You could, yeah. you, you might be good for an, another week or two. We don't, you know, but well, I, I had a super bad flare up in the middle of March this year, and I ended up in the ER on Noah's birthday, um, my youngest son's birthday. And that was March the 21st. And that was pretty bad. I don't mm. think I've ever had a flare up where I was so despondent and depressed. That was frightening. Almost the things that I was thinking were things that I haven't thought before. It was bad. And um, so now that I'm now that I'm coming out of that, that flare up that lasted for five weeks um, and spending as much time as I can with my family, I'm really glad that I didn't act on anything that I wanted to when the flare up first started. Yeah. Um, you never was, know what the next yeah. day will bring. You never know what joys there are to be had mm -hmm. because you well, just don't know what's coming. Right. right. And you, you know, I, I have to keep in mind it, my kids, they, they worship me and they love me and I homeschool and I'm with them every day because all I've ever wanted to be was a mom. And that that takes me on all I've ever wanted to be was a wife and a mom. And now I have that only, I guess it came with a stipulation, <laughs> you mm. know, you get your, 
you get your husband and your kids, but you also get bad health too. And you know, I, I wouldn't trade it. Wow. And, uh, but, um, it is hard. I think it, it affects my kids a lot because yeah. they know far more about, um, living with a parent with a disability than I ever wanted. Yeah. I, I don't, I did not want them to have to take care of me when they're 10 and 11 and yet they do. And, but they are happy for it. And we re- we make it work. And if we, if we didn't, all of us would be f- falling apart. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. It's like, you don't, you know, life gives us what it gives us and we can either fall apart or, or push through and try mm-hmm. to find the best way through possible. And that's, those are the options, you know, right. And in your situation, it takes so much strength to push through and it's amazing what you've done. I mean, I know how hard it can be to get up and do any exercise on a bad day. And the fact that you did that day after day and like forced yourself and, and were able to go further and further is like such a testament to your strength. That's really incredible. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. How, how, so your kids have grown up with this. Yes. How do you, how do you talk to them about that? Like, is there an age at which you tell them, like you have a sit down conversation? Like I just watched the first episode of Superman and Lois. And one of the plot points is like, how do we tell our kids that I'm an alien? You know, like at what <laughs> age do, does Superman tell his kids he's an alien? How do you approach that? Well, I'll, can I answer this? Actually, oh, yeah, answer. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, when Isaac, my oldest, um, you know, they're only 13 months apart, so they're only a year apart in school. And my kids were in first and second grade. And the oldest, Isaac, he's very, he's a very sensitive boy. And he, um, he's much smarter, I think, than we, than anybody <laughs> can give him credit for. He's, he's, <coughs> very intuitive um and but he also has a very caring heart he's very um he wants to help empathetic no empathic empathic uh sympathetic empathy you know he's got all of it um (laughs) but his teacher because i was in working in the library um and his teacher came and sat down next to me and she said can we talk a minute and I said, uh, um, yeah. And I thought, uh oh, you know, because you think the worst when the teacher wants to talk to a parent. Um, and she said that Isaac blurted out in, in class when they were discussing, um, they were discussing losing family members or, you know, just life and death situation. It's a Christian school. So there's a lot of death. You know, you talk about it. You talk about the circle of life, this and that and the other. And he apparently just blurted out in class, my mom's going to die. My mom's going to die. She's, um, she's sick and she's going to die. And I'm not saying all the exact words that he said, but it was, we realized, oh, he thinks I'm going to die any day. And so we, we now need to explain this to them. And, uh, Noah, my youngest, he tends to, he accepts things and he can, he right away, he'll accept something and he'll understand it and he'll, he will adapt 
very easily. Um, but Isaac doesn't. Uh, he still has trouble, you know, with the fact that this is that this is a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand why it can't get fixed. And um, but I think well, he feels bad that that mom's sick. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm lucky. I guess I'm lucky that it happened when they were young, rather than because if I just got sick right now, it would be harder on them, I think. And whereas they've grown up with it, so they've understood it. You know, at this point, they've understood it. Five years from now, they'll understand it even more. Five years from then they'll be pros at it you know they'll uh, they'll really understand how to take care of or just how to be with somebody that has a lot of you know has a lot of um uh, uh physical discomfort yeah and i have found i was surprised when i first got sick and the the years that have followed being sick that people do not want to deal with you they don't want to talk to you they don't want to be friends with you they they get uncomfortable they do yeah they want nothing to do with you yeah and i've experienced that um, as well you've Mm. you've experienced that yeah Mm. yeah when you bring up anything that is painful or uncomfortable people's eyes just glaze over it's like an immediate like they immediately pull back and pull away Mm-hmm. And like you said, you find out who your friends are, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Um, it, it's it's that. It's like people that want to put you at a distance so they don't have to deal with it. Or um, the other thing I get a lot is 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 the empathy, the empathetic people, like your son, who or you know, like Evan, you're saying you're a fixer, you want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, people that want to fix it but can't. And it's maddening, you know? Like these are the two reactions I get most often, I would say. It's unfortunate how many people... Um, would rather turn away from you than, you know, give you the time of day. I yeah. I found that to be the most surprising and the most disappointing. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's so isolating. It it is. It's it's very hurtful. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, no, not a few years ago. It was less than two years ago. A lady. One of the other moms at the school that we were at, um, I was talking with a mutual friend and she just came up and she said, she said, we're all so sick of you. We're just what? sick of you. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was absolutely floored. Mortified. And embarrassed because she was so loud and it was in front of the office and there were teachers and parents and kids. That's insane. I was so embarrassed and it was the most blatant disgusting uh it's mean it's mean mean it was horrible i can't believe it and the thing is is that this woman she has cushing's disease or um she has something as well so i thought and you know so and we'd been acquaintances for years i mean our kids were in preschool together and so for her to just up and and I wasn't even talking about being sick. I was talking about 
um, a coupon to a fast food restaurant. And that's what I was discussing with this friend. <laughs> that's so it ridiculous. That's mad. Right? It, was, it was so out of the blue. It's uh. like she had been waiting to blow up on me. And then she cussed me out all the way out the door until I was just in tears. Oh, my God. And that that was the worst. And well, my mother will never <laughs> listen to a podcast, so I don't have to worry about that. Another thing that was <laughs> A little what, that was pretty disappointing is the fact that my parents don't they don't understand the severity. Hmm. Um, like my dad, he still wants me to wait on him hand and foot. Well, I can't even wait on myself, you know. And but and he gets mad thinking that I'm neglectful. I'm not neglectful. I flat can't do it. Yeah. And we went down to visit my mom and stepdad and it was it was a hard trip first off you know when you fly from montana to louisiana it takes all day and my kids i think our kids were six and seven at the time i mean they were little and um but they were a handful and i had a hard time getting up in the morning which is every morning Mm -hmm. but because i couldn't jump out of bed at four o'clock in the morning and run around and take care of the kids all the time. My mom got frustrated and she actually asked us to leave and we ended up in a hotel. Wow. And I was Which was awesome. Yeah, we had the best time. <laughs> it was so cool. It was this yeah. hotel. It was in a racetrack and <clears throat> it was kind of just down the road. And um they had a and it was uh New Year's. Yeah. And they had fireworks literally just right outside the window. And so it was our kids first big firework thing. And she, they let us borrow her car. And so we just went off and did our own thing. <laughs> we didn't even bother. And we, I, I don't know. I, I had the best time mm-hmm. you, well, you were nervous and hurt because they had done that. And uh, I was yeah. brokenhearted. Yeah. You know, we were I sitting in the, in the, in the, Olive Garden parking lot. You just broke down and oh, poor yeah. thing. It, oh, I felt so bad, but that, but it was yeah. so much better getting. And and I, I don't know if it's that generation, or maybe it's just your parents. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't want to talk bad about your parents. Oh, that's fine. But but they just it's like it's like they just you know they also they just don't want to they don't want to hear it they don't want to know about it they don't you, you know I, it's just it's, for it's some, weird for some reason both of them are very self absorbed. And I, gosh, I hope I'm not like that, but um, no. I don't, I feel like I'm not like that. And I haven't lived with them, you know, in so long. It surprises me that they were that way, you know, yeah. that they've been that way. And they've, and to an extent, they're still that way. I mean, my mom, very demanding. And my dad, much more demanding. My mom and stepdad still live in Louisiana, but my dad lives next door. And he is in, he's had really bad health for the last six months. And um, that's where 90, well, yeah, I'd say 90% of our stress is. Mm. Um, But he, it's, uh, well, never mind. I'll go down a path. (laughs) If I start on yeah, that, it's, uh, um, but uh, <laughs> it it does surprise me who is still understanding, you know, who the understanding people versus the people who dumped me, and <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked at the people who dumped me. Um, 
most of them, I didn't think that they would. Yeah. And a lot of the people that stuck around, I didn't think they would. So, you know, and a lot more people have have abandoned us or disregarded my situation than have accepted it. And so my circle is small, hmm. but I, and I had a, a lot of trouble for the past couple of years dealing with the fact that not everybody's going to accept me anymore. And, um, but I have found relief and uh, a lot of compassion in my small group. Yeah. In my small family that's left. And um, I, I relish every day that I have with any of the friends that love me so much and stick around. I'm, I'm so happy that Evan stuck around because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the first thing you worry about when you get sick, you know, sure. especially when they say, okay, it's fatal and you're going to have a, a real crappy time. And so you tell your husband that and your husband's like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. Bye. <laughs> well, you hear about it happening. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And so that I, I can't help it. I'm all, and as I, when I first got diagnosed, I'd say the first few years I was, you know, I would say quite often, I wish that you would find somebody better. And wow. I, w I really, really wish that you would just go on with your life. Don't worry about me. And, um, but he didn't, he would not leave. And, um, I'm just glad. Be looking for another cami. I'm not going to find <laughs> another cami. But <laughs> it took so many years to learn to live this way. And now that we have, and it's our new normal, it's easy hmm. to us because we learned how. It's just like but running it, a little bit every day gets easier. It does take years. Yeah. You know, not a one or two lots of years. Um, yeah, this is something that, you know, that I, 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 I relate to this. And I, I want to hear, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit from Evan about your side of, you know, ha knowing that your partner has this disease. And like you just said, if you left, you'd just be looking for another cami. What, what has that been like for you? Um, it's hard. I ain't going to lie. It is super hard, <laughs> but you know that yeah, well, that's, that's no surprise that nobody wants to see their, yeah. I mean, the person sure. that they love the most in pain. Sure. And when that's pretty much all that they have 95% of the time, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it can't be easy, I, I, but we also, at this point, we don't know what normal is <laughs> um, because this, this is how we live. This is and, normal now. You've made it normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and for whatever and I do and it's I, I don't know if it's a fault or or whatever but to to the extent that I want to fix the extent to which I want to fix things goes I feel like it goes beyond like what what most people or I don't know how to explain it. Well, I feel like I I feel like I want to fix things way more than than most people. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really I mean, I it gets it gets excruciatingly difficult um to come to grips with with not being able to fix it. 
And so, and, you know, and I've, and I've talked to people about that. Say, well, you just need to channel that into, you know, being calm and, and, you know, making sure that she's comfortable. Uh, yeah, I understand that, but I want to fix it. Sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and so. Yeah. You can't watch somebody in pain and not. Yeah, it's tough. Well, and not only does he want to just give me a pill and fix it, he also wants to give me back the years I've lost. Mm -hmm. But those are gone. I can't. And we can't. And the only thing that we can do every day is be the best parents and the best spouse that we can be. Yes. Um, Because we don't have another choice. Right. Um, Yeah. And so... uh, we do we do protect each other like um well like what it is it's fatal and it's serious yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to put in oh no i tend i tend to i tend to to put that away somewhere though i I try not Mm. to think about that quite a bit yeah until we bring it up like now (laughs) Yeah, I, this keeps coming up with my conversations, but it's, you know, so, sometimes the best way to deal with this stuff is to live in the moment and to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. What are your coping mechanisms? How do you keep yourself in the moment? What brings you joy? Me, me or Evan? Both of you. Let's let's start with Cammy. Oh, me. Um, What brings me joy? Oh, a lot of things. Uh, well, my kids... And my husband, I love to spend time with my kids and my husband. But like I said, I homeschool. So they're with me every day, 24-7. And Evan and I don't, we don't go out without the kids. You know, we're not this type of people that have to have two dates a week without the kids. We don't like that. You know, if we go somewhere, our kids go. And I want to spend every single solitary second I can with my family. Yeah. Because I wanted them and I prayed for them for so long and I got them. Mm -hmm. And to think that a stupid disease would take me down and not only ruin my day, but theirs just kind of pisses me off. And so I I try not to let that happen. And even, even if I can't physically move, we still do things together. We put together Legos. I can't get on the floor and do it very much. But I put together a small Lego in my lap or on a TV tray. And um, we also, we watch a lot of intelligent TV. And I say intelligent TV because you understand the difference in stupid TV. (laughs) We watch a lot of British crime dramas. (laughs) Yeah, but I like intelligent shows. uh, And uh, I I like sci-fi a lot. I like, um, I like... uh, we play Fallout. We play mm. Fallout. That's our big thing right now is um, <laughs> Fallout 76. Yeah. Um, see, we play that together. And I have an Xbox in the bedroom that's mine. And he has an Xbox in the living room, which is his. But yet we're still on party chat. We're in the same house <laughs> on the same floor. And we're playing on two different TVs. And we're still talking. Yeah. And <laughs> but 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 we're we're you know roaming the Appala- Appalachian wasteland together as husband and wife. Right. Well, until you decide to go off and do your own thing and start killing a bunch of people. Yeah, we do defend a lot of settlers against super yeah. mutants and sports. But we've kind of perfected the art of escaping reality. Yeah, you know, and um, and it's awesome. One of the, another thing that I really love, and it's it's a recent thing. Um, 
I listen to a lot of really, really uh, subdued meditation music mm. um, on YouTube that has the um, where the, you know the pretty pictures and snow. Watching the snowfall calms me down. Mm. It's like a Xanax, <laughs> and um, so I, I watch a lot of that. And um, there is a composer. His name is Peter P E D E R. Helen and he's amazing and I, I have some of his CDs and I love them they make me feel better and it's all instrumental you know it's not there's no words to it but they uh, some people have put some YouTube videos together that last anywhere from five minutes to three hours to eight to ten hours of nothing but his music to all of these really pretty scenic views um, and I, I love that. I can sit and listen to that all day long and it makes me feel better. Yeah. I guess that's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to, we like to play board games with the kids. We like to, um, movies. Sometimes we just get in the car and we go drive for a little bit and we might stop for a hamburger someplace and shop. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I when I feel good enough to walk around Target, we take advantage of it. You know, and uh now that it's getting nicer outside <clears throat> and I'm feeling better, my spirits are lifted because I can get outside with the kids. Mm. And uh like yesterday I walked a mile and a half and today I walked over a mile. And um, tomorrow, if everything goes okay, I'll probably, we're going to go out again. And then Friday, we have a play date as well. And hopefully, I'll be able to do all this. Now, a lot of times, if I make plans, though, like I said, more than 50% of the time, I have to cancel. Oh, yeah. But um, this so far has been a good week. And uh, But after I walk or exercise, I stiffen up real fast. And um, so that hurts as well. But the feeling of getting out and exercising and doing and walking, and I have these little walking sticks, which, by the way, uh, help. My back doesn't hurt. I use the little grandma walking sticks. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. And, of course, the kids teased me, and I had a neighbor that laughed at me, but that's okay. And um, she's a good person. She's one of the ones that stuck around. And <laughs> uh, but she, by the way, has MS. And mm. so her and I compare a lot of stories. And uh, yeah. her son, she had two boys as well. And they are only 14 or 15 months apart. Mm -hmm. And they're 19 and 20 now. But when she was diagnosed, they were 9 and 10. Yeah. And um, so she's been dealing with this just like I have. And uh, her son, her oldest son was so inspired that he's becoming a neurologist because wow. of because of this. And my boys want to be to do something where they help people, you know, and they've always wanted that to just to do something where they can help. And uh, I think that off the subject, but um, I do think that kids that grow up like my kids and her boys did, they are more compassionate by nature um, hmm. because they 
already have an understanding of how to take care of people that they love. Yeah. And uh, I think that in a way that's a good thing, even though it's heartbreaking for them, but it also uh, is uh, it's something that um, I know for her boys watching them grow up and see them as adults now. Um, and they're proud of their mom, even though she doesn't look like other moms. And my boys are that way too. Oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm all chilled up. Uh, <clears throat> it's a, uh, it's sobering. Um, when your kids, when they're still proud of you, mm. even though you can't do the things that other moms can do. Well, you're doing something so difficult that other moms are not doing. And they, they're, they're justly proud of you because what you're doing is, is, is so impressive. You know, just like finding the will to, to keep doing the best thing you can do for yourself every day, you know, is so and hard. And that's very, that, that's something that you have a lot of trouble with is, you know, she'll, she'll see these moms that do all of these things, mm. you know, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're involved in this and involved in that and, and working. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, <clears throat> um, it's very hard for you to see that. And, you know, it's very frustrating because you can't do those things. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's hard for you to do those things. And so, um, but I think it's important that you, that you realize that the things you are doing, they're not right. Yes. And so just because you're not doing the, what you know, just because you're not doing all those things doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean they're better moms than you do right. than, than you are. Yeah. We do have an opportunity because I can't work, you know, anymore. And when I did work at the school um, in the library, that was just volunteer. That was my own time. I could go in if I wanted to. And if I didn't want to go in or couldn't, I didn't have to. And um, that was a, a good, uh, that was good. And then I was there with the kids. But now that we homeschool and we spend so much time together, I have sometimes, if I get down in the dumps, I have to remind myself that I get to spend 90% more time with my kids than anybody else mm. I know. Yeah. And my kids are happier than most kids I know. And they are stronger uh, spiritually and mentally than most kids I know. And so. It, uh, I fear for the day that they lose their innocence and, you know, see the horribleness <laughs> that's, well, that's waiting for them. But, but we've provided such a phenomenal base a family base that they cannot um uh disregard the things that we've taught them and probably from my condition and from our hardships we've is the reason why uh, we're so close and mm -hmm you know, why we have a lot of, have a lot of hope and strength often when I think that we don't. Yeah. That's very powerful.
What do you do if Evan is feeling sick? Like what? What if Evan is having a I ain't bad got day? Time to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, we we um we uh went bowling I think two weeks ago, and a couple days later Isaac got sick, and then Noah got sick, and then Cammy got sick, and when Cammy and we all just got colds. Well, it was like a flu. Well, it started out with a fever and stomach ache. Yeah, it was some kind of virus. I can't remember what it was. Oh, adeno. Ad, yeah, ad, adenovirus. It's kind of like nor- norovirus oh, yeah, without yeah. all the puking and diarrhea. Yeah, if I get sick, I just, you know, I ha- I just try to not complain too much. And, you know, you know, of course, you know that deal where, you know, like like a woman can get the flu. And then, but when a man gets the flu, it's just like, it's killing. Uh, we're literally dying. <laughs> you know, for, some, for some reason, it seems like women can handle, she can handle being sick much better than I can. When mm. I get sick, it's a real struggle to try to, you know, all right, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Hachu, hachu, snot, snort, you know, but yeah, but we all came through it fine and. But when yeah. she get like, it, you know, when we get colds, it'll last, you know, two, three days, four days, whatever. When she gets a cold, it can go on for two weeks, you know, because or her, immune, or, cause her immune system is so goofy and, um, or, or it can, it can develop into something worse, which happens quite often. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, we'll just have colds and she'll get full blown, you know, pneumonia or you know something so. yeah i'll end up on medicine and stuff uh, well another thing too um our kids learn to kind of take care of themselves a little bit like um they were packing their own lunch in first grade and they they can cook they're 10 and 11 and they can cook every meal they've cooked for me you know, so we did teach them life skills so that when I get really sick and I can't do a lot of the catering, the mom thing, they do. And they think it's normal and they love it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're they like, oh, mom. In fact, they fight over it. It's my turn <laughs> to take care of mom. It's my turn to take care of mom. Oh, that's adorable. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I remember the first meal that Noah made me in he was either in kindergarten or first grade and it was stale pizza in between old bread yeah, bless his heart. and <laughs> outdated cookies <laughs> and a bag of fruit chewies, a little bag of those Welch's fruit chewies. And I ate every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cammy, I'm curious to hear um, some specifics about medications or therapies or anything you know i know that this is such a rare disease i'm just thinking if somebody finds this podcast who has crest here's someone with experience what works for you what what are the medications or therapies that are helpful well when i was first getting on a medication um i was and for years i took 13 medicines in the morning and five at night (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm down to four in the morning and two at night. And I just, I've been on chemo since day one. Like I said, once a week, but it was, it's been less than a month that I've been on a new medicine called Cellcept. And um, 
Well, oh, let me let me interrupt real oh, quick. Sure. Um, the when she was on chemo, they hadn't even been putting people on that medication for you were still like part of the. Um, oh yeah, that's another thing. My disease is so rare and so new that there aren't any studies done. Yeah. They don't know what can happen to people in 10 or 20 years. They don't because yeah. the research is flat not available. Yeah. Wow. So when and, they put you on it, they had only been given that medicine for, yeah. for I don't know, 10 years maybe or I, even even that long? Yeah, I was basically um like part of the study trial group, and right? error. Yeah. yeah. And so they you can't because my condition is rare um they don't have a set uh a set regiment mm -hmm. of medicine for you um so they have to treat the raynods with one thing they have mm -hmm. to treat the esophageal dysfunction with another the rosacea with another and the scleroderma is the one that has the hardest uh or the harshest medicine. And then they have you on half a dozen other medicines to counteract the bad things that those medicines are doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I would, and I, of course I couldn't sleep. And so they put me on amitriptyline and for anybody out there who's listening, never get on amitriptyline. Never don't do it. I don't care what the problem is. There is something else out there because I gained 30 pounds in like seven months. And I was so uncomfortable and unhappy and I finally, the doctors did not want me to get off that medicine for some reason, but I finally got a hold of one doctor and I said, could this medicine be the cause of this, this, and this? She said, yeah, well, I dumped <laughs> it that night and it took six months to feel better yeah. to get that out of my system. Now I still have a horrible time sleeping, but it's not worth it to take a medicine that takes your life yeah. and I might eat once a day and I still gain 30 pounds. It was ridiculous. And the doc, I kept going to doctors and they said, Oh yeah, well at your age, you know, that's going to happen. You're just going to get fat. <laughs> and I said, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, I think I picked my battles. Um, and I don't mind fighting to feel better. And in fact, this last flare up that I had, the doctors did not want to change my medicine. And I said, we are doing a plan B. I, you know, I did have to say, I need a plan B now. And I almost, I, I, I was, it was out of character, but I had to get aggressive to get them to change my medicine. Wow. And I am glad that they did because I think that this new medicine does work mm -hmm. and I don't have to take the extra medicine with it. Mm -hmm. And also um, I was losing my hair really bad. Of course. And everybody hates that. You know, nobody wants to lose their hair, especially women. And um, so the medicine that I'm on now, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I don't lose the hair by the handfuls anymore. And um, I had really long, thick hair that went down to my waist. And um, I'm just now able to grow it back out <laughs> and feel better about my hair. And, you know, that, that's, it, it does take a, a toll on your self-esteem. When your hair is falling out, you've got thin places, and then the rosacea is really bad, and you feel crummy anyway. And 
you've got inflammation. I If I have an inflammation, I might gain 12 pounds overnight. And th- that hurts. Yeah. That hurts your body and it's hard on your body. And um, I had a recent scare where even my heart was inflamed. And they did take they did take notice of that, but it was because of that that they finally listened to me when I said I need to get on a different set of medicine. Yeah, and I did. And uh, I think I really hope that in the long run that it'll be the best the best thing. Absolutely, I'm. I really hope so too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one. So I I guess about when when was it last uh, last summer. summer? Last summer, um, she's on all of these different medications, and it just seems like like nothing's working, and, and, and it was frustrating. And so I decided to go to a dispensary and just ask them. I said, look, I've got my wife who has this, and th- these are the things she suffers from, and I wonder if maybe um, – uh, THC is something that might help with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. They were super nice. And um, so I set her up with an appointment or I came home and told her about it and said, I think this is something, you know, maybe we should look into. And she'd always been pretty anti. Yeah. I've never done that yeah, my yeah. whole life. I mean, you know, here I was 50 years old and yeah. it's like, okay, let's do this now. It's like, oh, yeah. Really? So, so we, we got, we got, we got her an appointment and. She went and talked to him and she got her whatever, her card, card or whatever. Yeah. And um, um, it was very experimental trying to find out, you know, w- what's going to work. Is this blend or this blend or yeah. the Endica or the, what's the other one? Sativa. Sativa and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of a little, little, little freaky for about a week <laughs> or two, but. It was a learning curve. Yeah, well, sure. It still is. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it was, I think it was maybe, um, maybe five months into it that I realized, okay, you know, okay, there's no way I can do sativa at all. In fact, most hybrids are no way. Me too. And um, so I can only do attacks. Yeah. 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 Well, and well, not just that, but um, spinny, you know, I don't want to be spinny. The spins, I get the spins from sativas before I, when I used, um, I used to recreationally use marijuana, just for fun before I needed it for health reasons. I don't do that anymore at all. Now it's like, if, if I need it, I use it for health reasons. If not, I don't um, right. because otherwise it doesn't help as much when I need it. But I right. used to enjoy sativas the most. And now I, I can't come anywhere close to them. Um, it's just something, something about Indica's is just so much better for medical use in my experience. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And you know, less is more with that. Stuff. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I don't, I don't smoke or vape. I do, I just do the edibles, and mm-hmm. that's it. And they're so, powerful, very powerful. I'll have like yeah. a third of a candy. Right? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might have only four to ten milligrams, yeah. and be fine. That's a maintenance dose. Yeah. And if I get a migraine or I'm having really bad inflammation, I can go up to twenty twenty five. Wow. But only on certain things. Mm-hmm. And the thing, it was so hard to, to like, um. When you take it, you need to eat something afterwards and it mixes in and then, you know, and then you uh, feel the effects. And that was hard because I wasn't used to eating that much. Hmm. And um, so I had to kind of relearn 
a eating schedule. Interesting. And yeah, and I actually don't take it with food at all. I I haven't really. Yeah, I just uh, take it when I feel like a when I'm feeling terrible. <laughs> I'll I do edibles a lot as well. Um, but the waiting is is awful because you're like lying there in pain waiting for like 30 minutes to an hour to feel relief next do me a favor yeah. um, can you eat can you eat bread like buttered toast i have gluten-free buttered toast <laughs> you, well um or grits i don't know if you can eat grits or not anything with butter yeah. um like real butter um yeah, that irish stuff that what's it called the, oh the comes irish in the, butter oh it's comes amazing in the, carry gold Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I have in my fridge. Yeah. yeah. It's like cheese. Oh, I, no, I love it. Yeah. So basically, like a, a like a dense fat is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Take it yeah. with fat. Yeah. I haven't tried that. This is this is great. I'll try it. Does it does but, it yeah. make it work faster? It does. Oh, but wow. you have to you have to do the THC first. Okay. And then like five minutes later, eat something with um you know the fatty the butter great. the butter is what I found that's yeah. best for me. I'm gonna try it. And sure. yeah, and but uh, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see if if it helps. Yeah. So, um, in, in and, the, edible indicas have been helpful for your pain. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's actually I hesitated to say this at first, but that's actually one of the things that helped me get off of all that medicine. Mm -hmm. all that's amazing. Of it. That's awesome. And um, when I go, it's so funny because I thought, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to be associating with thugs because you that was the you know that's what you you knew in the 80s the only people that did it with thugs the stoners and, yeah and so but um it's I, legal now in most states those days are are yeah not yeah. necessarily over but the times well, are changing i tell you you know and looking at it from my point of view i mean it has it's complete it has become completely black and white <clears throat> and she i mean once she got this thing locked in you know, um, and you know, she only does it after I come home. Uh, she yeah, she I never do it when the kids are, yeah. when it's just me, mm -hmm. because I don't want to be the responsible one. What sure. if something happens? Sure. But she'll, you know, she'll, she'll do her little regimen. And I mean, and the night is now just chill and laughing and mm. watching TV. I'm so happy to hear having that. Having fun. I love hearing and, that. <clears throat> and uh, I wish so badly I could. <laughs> can partake but i can't and so um but yeah it's just it's just been a complete 180 as far as the anxiety and the panic and you know the nights of anxiety and panic yeah, yeah you know, and, and, and there were i mean most except nights except when you were ex except those that first little bit where before you got this shit locked down and <laughs> And we had those freaky deaky weeks where you're, it was, yeah, you the, didn't know what the hell was going on. I hate, a, I hate a bad trip. You know, I, I don't like to feel, um, irresponsible or spinny. Yeah. I guess. Um, out, out I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that drunk feeling at mm, all. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that Indica does is it just, it just brings it. And I can actually feel it tingling on my inflammation. Yeah, it actually seriously, and um, they have, and I'm learning a lot every time I talk to somebody or every time I go and buy something, I learn more because I talk to the people, mm -hmm. you know, and um, 
And they're like the coolest people. They are the most awesome people. And I <laughs> have very found. Relaxed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, well, they, and they want to help. I mean, yeah, yeah. they want to sell their product. But right. they also, I mean, it seems to me they honestly want to help you. Yeah, they don't care you know? if I buy their stuff. They yeah. just want you to feel better because they've either dealt with it or their spouse or their child or their parent is dealing with it as well. And um, one lady that I spoke to a week or so ago, um, we, her and I were talking and most of her clients are cancer patients and uh, people who have illnesses like me and that they take it for pain and inflammation. Yeah. And um, so she knew a lot about it and you know, I need to learn. And the conversation with her was very interesting about it and about the, uh, the positive effects from it. I just listened to a podcast by uh, Bill Nye on the science rules podcast, where he had a, uh, science scientific expert on the science of cannabis come in and talk to him. And it what's what was so interesting is that is what we don't know about cannabis because, because of government regulations, it hasn't been able to be studied until very recently. And we just right. haven't had the time yet to really learn how it works on the body, which mm. was so interesting. And, you know, but, but what I like to, what I like to think about is, you know, how does it feel? <laughs> like if you're in chronic pain and you're taking these really awful medications that have so many side effects and you find something that helps and works, that's amazing. You know, and mm. I, it has helped and worked for me, and it's the number one thing I hear from people um, recently. It's like who have chronic pain that um, cannabis has been helpful. So, you know, mm -hmm. obviously, do everything at your own risk. Go listen to that Science Rules podcast, podcast listeners out there, because it had a lot of information I hadn't heard. Things to look out for, things to be cautious of. But they also talked about, you know, our bodies have an endocannabinoid system in them mm -hmm. that we don't know very much about, that cannabis... Um, reacts to, or our system reacts to cannabis, I should say. We still don't fully understand why, um, but there's this whole system in our body that reacts to it in some way, and it does have some effect on inflammation. And, you know, I, I trust my body when I put something into it and I feel better. I trust that. So, you know, take that, <laughs> podcast listeners out there, take that for what, it, what you will. But I'm so happy to hear that it's helpful for you. That, that makes me so happy. Oh, thank you. I'm glad it helped you too. Yeah, um, you know, it's given me so many days where I wouldn't have been able to do anything. It's given me the option to do something. Or on yeah. the days where I still can't do anything, I'm more comfortable and I'm more present in the moment because it helps me to be present and like enjoy my TV show, enjoy my video game without having like the panic and the worry as much like you were saying. Unless I take sativa and then I spin out and in this like horrible anxiety cycle that can be really yeah. awful. So you have to be very careful, start slow. Um, and like right. I, I use uh, all sorts of methods. Like I use edibles, but I also use um, just like smoking a joint sometimes or, or vaping. And I'll take like two or three puffs on a joint and put it away like as little as possible to get an effect because the right. less you use it feels like well I, I i should say the more you use your body gets used to it and it stops having as much of an effect so the less i right. use the better off i feel like i am i have to reset every now and again yeah, like totally. um a few days ago i didn't take anything for 48 hours yeah and um but it's easy for me to do you know yeah uh because i take so little uh, and less is more. Absolutely. With it 
actually. Um, you only need four to 10 milligrams, maybe. Um, yeah. And But if I'm having a lot of pain or a lot of inflammation, I might go up to 25 milligrams, which doesn't sound like a lot to people. Because when I tell people, oh, I only need a small dose, mm-hmm. you know, they ask me what it's for and I tell them and they are surprised that it only takes that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, when I do edibles, I use like three to five milligrams. Yeah. 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 And maybe I'll take another three to five later in the day. But um, if I ever take 10 at once, I get very, very, very high. <laughs> and oh, it's really? Like not, that's not my, my goal is to feel comfortable, you know, and be productive. Um, my, I feel like when I'm not feeling well, uh, and I'm using cannabis medicinally, it helps me feel more normal. But if I feel normal and I use cannabis recreationally, it, it makes me feel high. So, um, mm. my goal is to feel more normal and to use it as a tool in that way. Yeah. I don't like to, like I said, I don't really like that, that drunk feeling. Yeah. It, oops. Sorry. <laughs> camera's the chair. spinning away. Um, <laughs> but, Speaking uh, of the spins, your camera just turned. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, you don't want, I don't want that. um kind of feeling and also i have to be very responsible um i can't take it unless evan is at home yeah so that if something happens he can be the responsible one sure and so uh you know i I just don't take it in the day um if i if i can help it unless i'm not going anywhere and nobody needs me for anything yeah and but um I have noticed that uh, since I'm on this new medicine, that I have to take a little bit more in order to get the same effect. Interesting. And a lot of medicine does that. If you have a good doctor or, you know, a really, um, actually, it's not the doctors that help me out the most. The people who know a lot about medicine and, or, you know, pharmaceutical medicines and, the THC and how it works together or doesn't work um, are the people at the dispensaries. They're very bright, most of them, and they've studied yeah. and they, you know, because they know they've either experienced with it because they have the same problems, you know, and every time I mention a medicine to somebody, they've heard of it, they've taken it or their parents or their spouse does. Yeah. So, you know, they are a wealth of information. Just talk to them. You know, if somebody is thinking about, because modern medicine has failed us all. And mm. it is, it certainly failed me. And by last year, by the time last year rolled around, I was in the throes of menopause. I, <laughs> I had the crest. I had all the stress and I had, have a meningioma and, uh, right up here in the on the left side of my brain at the top and you know so that's but it's just it's a lot yeah and um if i actually listed out all the things that are wrong with me head to toe it's like uh, (laughs) but um i can't remember i was going with this you said that medicine had failed you right right medicine completely you know failed me in every way and so when I did discover THC and I did get the right things, um, it's awful nice to get that relief. Yeah. That 
that the doctors were so sure that I would get on pharmaceuticals yeah. and did not. But you there deserve are, that relief. You deserve it. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah. yeah. And um, the... Uh, oh, I still can't I remember. remember. I remember you saying, I thought more than once, is this what normal people feel like? Yeah. Mm. Is when this what I it feels like to be amount. normal? Wow. Yeah. You know, where, you know, she wasn't high or anything, but she just... All of a sudden, it, everything was just kind of calm. Calm. Your body's and, not screaming at you like it always right, is. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you were really. I remember you were just really. Oh my God! Is this what it's supposed to be like? Yeah. yeah there are moments when there's you know they're, they're few and far between, but there are moments when not one thing on my body hurts. Yeah. Now that might be only once in six months, but there are times. And, but sometimes when the, when I have the perfect medicine and the perfect night and everything just really falls in line, it doesn't matter how bad the day is mm. or the day was, um, to be able to feel what everybody else normally feels is very nice, both physically and mentally, of course. Absolutely. It, it's hard to believe. I find it hard to believe even that now I am such a advocate for it mm. rather than an advocate against it <laughs> and uh, but you you know you go your whole life it, you know i went until i was well you're like 38 and not i didn't have any trouble you know mm. oh. and i was super sporty i ran all the time i biked i kickboxed i did taibo i was spaz yeah <laughs> i was everywhere and um poor guy <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but um to when when you're used to doing so much and being so active and being very healthy and then all of a sudden you're not that takes a huge toll on you. Mm -hmm. And uh, mentally especially. And then when you throw kids into the mix, especially young kids, um it's it's hard. You know, it's not it's not anything that I want to wish on anyone. And um, it's a real learning curve. Uh, I feel like. I feel like it's better now than it was, especially the first few years. Everything's better now than it was the first few years. But um, even though my disease has progressed, which I hate that, I hate knowing that that as the years go by, I'm just closer, but I also feel a bit of a relief because I have found stuff that worked yeah. and THC was a very big part of that. The yeah. Indica THC was a very big part of that. Yeah. And you know, the science will catch up someday and help us mm -hmm. to understand what it's doing for inflammation. Cause we still don't quite understand, but if it's working, that's incredible. And yeah, I mean, every day, that you have with your family where you feel present and happy is a gift every day. The, well, another, oh, here's one of the things I was going to say and forgot. Um, the, the thing about pharmaceuticals is that it often works on your body there it, either biologically or systematically. It works with the chemicals in your body, but THC doesn't really, it doesn't have to, um, permanently damage the receptors 
yeah. or the agents in your body that when because when you take a pharmaceutical medicine, um, it your brain is surprised when your whole body is surprised when that medicine hits your body, and it has to it takes time to adjust, and then your whole all the way to your cellular level is has to adjust to that medicine each time you take it but thc does not adjust it doesn't need to because it's plant-based it's natural and um now not to say that that this is a cure-all because it certainly doesn't cure anything and it doesn't suppress the immune system like i need yeah um i still have to take pharmaceuticals and i'll have to take them forever there Mm -hmm. will never be a magic pill Mm -hmm. but i i I am in a situation now where I I do know what makes me most comfortable. And if you, I really, really do believe that if you're in a good place mentally, then your body will follow. That's so true. It's, it's so important. Like no matter what's happening with your body, keeping yourself in a good place mentally is, is so important. It's such a priority because like, even if you're in pain, if you're happy, it's easier. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, if people have to, you know, people need to learn uh, and people, and I say this about everybody in general, um, everybody is having such a hard time right now mm-hmm. feeling happy and finding joy in anything because the media is full of nothing but negative <laughs> yeah. and it's full of nothing except death, hate, power. Yeah. You know, and, so true. But if you can find a way out of that first off if you if you can you know do as little social media as you can except for (laughs) jesse's podcast but (laughs) but um you know step away from that get back Mm. to family get back to uh, playing games and uh get you know if if your thing is spiritual um you know get back to god get back to get back to the things that made you happy mm. even when you were young because everybody well most people they relate to happiness with nostalgia mm-hmm. with all the things that made them happy when they were young and that and so we often go back to it i mean you know look around my room i have teddy bears and cross stitch and star wars and <laughs> You know, just toys and trinkets, but they, they're happiness. Mm-hmm. They, I'm mm. surrounded by the things that make me happy. And if you read, read, if you, if you like to watch sports, by all means, you know, whatever makes you feel elated, mm-hmm. you must, you must do it as anytime you can, you know, don't just lay on the couch and wish you could or wish you would do it and uh, don't be ashamed to be a nerd yeah don't be yeah Yeah. that's true (laughs) and don't don't be ashamed of things that you have to do in order to help yourself for example the thc i was actually i was very embarrassed when i first got on it and i wanted to hide it from everybody and now it it helps so much i want to tell everybody about it but, you know, you have to be careful. You have yeah. to be careful who you talk to and or who you brag about it to, you know, because not everybody is receptive. And um, 
but st- stay happy, stay focused. And uh, I, wa- I like to watch a lot of stand-up comedy. <laughs> stand-up comedy cracks me up. I cannot be pissed off if I'm laughing. You just can't. And um, you can't stay down in the dumps if you're laughing. It's impossible. And uh, so I-, I like to surround myself with things and people who are funny good sense of humor i I think evan has the best sense of humor ever (laughs) and um so it's easy to pal around with him and say something funny because he'll come back with something even funnier and it 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 helps that's a, a humor is a big part of our relationship too and it's one of the things that we've learned to rely on as well i love that well i have one more question for each of you and then we should wrap things up um Evan, what advice would you give to someone who's just found out that their loved one has a serious illness? How, what, what advice would you give them to support that person? Because you obviously have become an expert at it over the years. Oh, no, I'm not. I, oh, I am not an expert at it. Um, in fact, I feel like I fail miserably. No, you know, <laughs> he <it>. doesn't. <laughs> God, what piece of advice do I have? Um probably more advice on what not to do than what to do. That's great. What, what to avoid. Let's do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Don't fall to your knees bawling in front of, (laughs) uh, no. Um, I, yeah, I have a hard time if he breaks down Yeah, because I feel like it's my fault and now, and then I hate myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's that's so tricky because there's no fault here, but I experience right. this constantly. It's I always feel like it's my fault. You right. Know? Right. Everything. Because, everything's yeah. my fault. Yeah. And yep. so But there is no fault. Anybody's I'm always, unhappy. I'm still trying to learn this, that it is not my fault, you know? Yeah. Probably you know, just do whatever you can to to try to stay calm. And if you need to break down, find a dark corner out in a forest or something and scream into the void. <laughs> And, and just d- d- do whatever you can to where, um, when you come back home, you're cool, calm and collected and, uh, and, and, and yeah, just, uh, I don't know. It, he- it does. It, it helps me when I know that he's going to be the stronger one, hmm. usually in a relationship, you have to trade that, you know, okay, today I'm the stronger one today. He's the stronger one. But it doesn't work that way when you're sick. Um, I have I rely on him to be the strong one a lot, and that's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. Um, but oh, finish my sentence. Was there? I don't know where you're going. Oh no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do rely on him a lot. I'm very dependent on him. Uh. Yeah, I, you know, I have these daily, I guess, daily affirmations or whatever, where, um, well, we have we have the fuck it bucket. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> where you know, and it's a it's a popcorn tub, and uh, from Last Jedi, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, yes. the the, the yeah, yeah, aluminum yeah. popcorn tub, it, that's it. and we just write down, you know, whatever you think is is a is a problem that's actually not 
you know, but for, but for but for some reason it's bugging you and you're spending, you're wasting, it's taking up real estate in your brain and you're wasting brain cells thinking about it. Write it down and fuck it. Throw it the fucking bucket. <laughs> that but, is brilliant. I love and, that. The fuck it bucket. <laughs> yeah, she actually came up with that. So Sammy good. came up with that. One of the one of the our kids call it the chuck it bucket. Yeah, mm. we call it the chuck it bucket in front of the kids. Um but well, for example, and this is one of the things that we put in the bucket. My dad lost his keys and he accused us of stealing his keys for about six days. <laughs> and so, and it worried us because he kept calling and he kept coming over. Well, where did you take my keys? Dad, we didn't take your keys. And it was the same conversation like every few hours. And um, so, and, and he finally found them in a, in a jacket pocket or the lady that cleans his house found it in his jacket pocket. Thank God. And so we didn't take it, you know, but he's claimed that we've taken his medicine before. He's claimed that we're taking it. We stole his phone. Oh, his phone. Him? Yeah. We stole his phone. Um, but it, so that kind of stuff we write in the chuck it bucket, um, you know, dad's medicine or dad's keys because, and then we, once you put it in the bucket, the deal is you can't worry about it anymore. Mm, you can't talk about it. Yeah. And you can't, yeah, you can't dwell on it anymore. And when we first started it, what, what was surprising is like, I put in a couple of things. Evan put in a couple of things. The kids put in like 30 things <laughs> and we had no idea they were that panicked over all of that. Yeah. Mm. And so we have to, um, we have to be, uh, we have to be very aware of what we say out loud, um, not only to each other, but in front of them, because it, things affect them on a much deeper level in an immature mind. And that's that's harmful hmm. for them. I, I keep thinking the only thing they should be worrying about right now is is being kids. Yeah, they shouldn't have to worry about, you know, all the stuff that we're worrying about. And, um, but that can be hard because, you know, if you and I are talking about, you know, if we're freaking out about something and then they hear it, <clears throat> you know, it's tough. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, yeah. Poor things, but reality is reality. And, you know, like I said, they, they, they can cook for themselves. If they had to cook for themselves for the next five days, they can, and they will, but most likely that won't happen. I'm just saying, you know, that um, they know how and they're yeah. not afraid to. They go into the kitchen when they're hungry and they they make something and they eat it whenever they need to. Like all the time. Those kids eat constantly. <laughs> well, they're boys. <laughs> God, I mean, we just yeah. we went out to eat after work tonight. We went to a restaurant, went and ate, came home, got home about 630 or whatever. And it wasn't a quarter to seven. Isaac goes, what's for dinner? <laughs> like, you literally just. Cammy, <clears throat> oh, <laughs> um, my, my last question for you is, you know, we have this rare opportunity right now. I'm hoping that someone with Crest who's looking for resources or looking for help will find this. Someone who maybe was just diagnosed and doesn't know how to feel or what to do. What what advice would you have for that person? Um, one of the big, biggest things that I learned the hard way is don't look up stuff on Google. Mm. Don't do that. Um, it, you're going to find the worst case scenarios and 
blown out uh, examples of everything. So, you know, don't do that. Um, for somebody that is just first getting crest, give yourself time. Give yourself like a year, a year and a half. You're going to feel like shit. And that that's how it's going to be. But um, you have the power to turn this into a positive thing for you and your family. And you have the power to make it something to, to totally die. You, absolutely. And um, it, it's... It, it's all in the mental attitude. A lot of, I think 90% of it is the mental attitude. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep that up and I don't care how you do it, just keep it up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but also realize you're not going to keep it up all, all the time. The yes. Time. Yeah. And you need yeah. to, you need to be able to forgive yourself yes. those meltdowns that you are absolutely going to have. Yeah. Probably more often than not. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> forgive yourself. Yeah. Because, yeah, I will melt down. And um, I do melt down in front of the kids. And I do cry more than I want to. Um, but they love me and they forgive me. Why can't I? And so, you, yeah. And, and give yourself time. Um you're not going to learn everything right off the bat or in a few months or even a year. Yeah. You're not going to understand how to take care of yourself and how to take care of others right at the beginning. You're not going to understand um, the depth of the, or the impact that it's going to have on you and your family. And also I had a real hard time with people treating me bad. Like I was telling you about the people mm -hmm. who dump me is what I call it. Yeah. Um, I had a real hard time with that too. And now that they're, now that they're all gone out of my life. And like I said, my circle is very small. I am very happy, mm. much, much happier than I was when I gave a crap about everybody else. <laughs> because, and one of the things that I heard, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, Never make somebody a priority that considers you an option. And when mm. you are sick, most people will consider you an option. Yeah. And so do not make them a priority. And there, there are people, I don't care who you are. There are people who love you and glom onto them because they want to help you. Mm. And they, they want to be your hero. And Evan, I think I speak, Maybe I speak for him. He wants to be my hero, and he is. And I think that that's when I see him be strong, I know that he's doing that for me. Hmm. And uh, that makes it easier on me because I know that this is where he wants to be. Hmm. And um, versus the first couple of years when I was trying to tell him, go get a better life, you know, d whatever I was saying, I can't even remember all the things that I said. And, but you're going, when you first get diagnosed and when you're first going through this, you don't, don't think that it, that meltdowns and heartbreak will not happen to you. Don't think that you're so strong that that's not going to happen to you. Oh, it will. You will be broken down and you will be humbled a lot. 
I think, I think a good piece of advice would be, and it, it's really hard to think this, especially when you're in full meltdown mode, but you have to somehow understand and know that this is going to pass hmm. that this, <clears throat> you know, you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit and you realize right then today is going to suck. This is going to suck. And the day goes on and it's just horrible and it sucks but it's going to pass. <clears throat> it might last for another day. It might last for three days. It might last for who knows how long, but it's going to pass and things are go and it's going to get better again. And I think if you, if, and I don't know, because you have to constantly remind yourself it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. And then the other part of your brain is going, fuck you. No, it's not. <laughs> and so you're in this fight, but you have to somehow find, figure out that, this is going to be past. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be good days. And, uh, and it'll, it'll get better. Yeah. yeah. You have to live through, does. you have to live through it passing a lot before you finally recognize right. that it always will. Yeah. Because always. It time always is always moving forward. Unfortunately, we don't have this, we don't have a time machine, so we can't, we can't change the flow of time. It's right. always moving forward. Everything passes. And the, the, yeah. the YouTube meditation music that I was telling you about, helps a lot yeah and is the ones that don't have commercials are, are <laughs> yeah, really good yeah. um, but one of them is called yellow brick cinema I'm gonna, i'd like to shout out to them so that more people would know yeah you know so that they can tune into them um you know and along those lines like that asmr mm -hmm. you know that might be a oh yeah the binary beats you mean it, yeah that, that yeah. might be an option for you know, to help some. Oh, and bell meditation. Hmm. I love that bell meditation. Have you ever tried that? I haven't. No. Oh, you've got to. But <laughs> it's it's like this thing comes on your screen and it, it sounds like a, you know, ding. And you you're supposed to listen for the end of the ding. Hmm. And because, you know, the ding has an echo and it takes a while. And so you're listening to and then while you're watching it on the screen, the TV or the computer screen, there's little lines that come down like a ripple effect. Yeah. And as you're watching and as you're listening for the end of the noise and then the next thing you know, you feel better and then it goes ding and the bell starts again. And I didn't. When the first time that a doctor told me to try that, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I thought this guy's a dork, and he's just trying to get me out of his office. And but I'll be darned, I tried it and loved it. Yeah, because wow. pretty soon you don't even remember what you were pissed off about. Right, it, it really helps. That's but awesome. that the meditation music, we have it piped all over the house. Um, <laughs> you know, if we can, and uh, it. No matter what you're doing, cooking, uh, reading, homeschool, it doesn't matter. Um, that it's a uh, for me, it's uplifting and it's soothing. This is a real treasure trove of ideas and things to try and lived experience. Um, I we've just covered so much. I mean, we've talked for almost two hours here. This is such a gift. Thank you both so much for your time. Oh, I, you're welcome. I I can't imagine that this won't be helpful to someone. You know, this this, this is really. I feel like you being willing to share like this way is so powerful, and I'm so grateful to be able to share this. And I hope that this reaches someone that it can help. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. It's um, it's an absolute yeah. pleasure. Before we go. 
Evan, plug your podcast. You, so oh, I'm I'm not doing sci fi pod- podcasts any anymore. Hopefully, I'll start again someday. But Evan has taken up the torch. <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> oh, well, I do. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, we yeah we would love. I would dearly love. Uh, there's so many things that I would love to podcast. Have you do you um have you, have you ever read the book Ender's Game? Oh yeah, I love that book. That's my favorite book. Oh, it's so good. I know. All, all four of the first Ender's books are amazing. Speaker for the Dead, Xenocide, yeah. and what's mm-hmm. the last one? Uh, well, um, the one with Bean. What was? Yeah, I didn't read the Bean books. I only read the Ender you books. Didn't? No, not yet. I Just read the read first. The first Bean. I read the first one. I really. I started the second one, and I wasn't as into it. But yeah. Um, Children of the Mind, I think, is what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Those oh. books are great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have them upstairs. Yeah. Um, but and then the movie, I loved it. I did that, a I did a podcast tanked. with uh, Ryan Casey about that movie years mm-hmm. ago. Did you really? I did. Yeah. I I thought oh. it was great. The ending was a little weird, but um, yeah. They they, I, I don't know. It was it was good. Harrison Ford's in it. So well, the, they had to end it. You yeah. know, they had to end it. Right. Versus in the book, they didn't really end it. Right. And uh, oh, uh, but yeah. But yeah, so Evan, what is your, tell us about your sci-fi podcast, where people can find it. Oh, um, well, it's called From the Wastes, and um, I mostly, my, my goal with it <clears throat> is to talk to independent authors and filmmakers, uh, mostly in the um, post-apocalyptic and dystopian genres, and, um, but I love science fiction as well, and so, um, but I've only, I think um, I've got 13 episodes, I've got uh, I'll, I'll be doing an episode here at the end of May. That's that'll. I'm hoping that's going to be pretty epic. And um, and then Cami, I'm in love with the idea of podcasting. I just suck at doing it. That's not true. Well, no, I mean, I, I suck at you know because I know you know they say you know well you know, you, you got to have a schedule and you got to have you know and and I'm just I'm terrible at that. And I'm, I'm at the age now where it's just like I'm going to do shit when I want to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. And, and so, and when when something, you know, when, when something um, motivates me to do it, then then I'll do it. But uh, I, I still love the the idea of doing that. Um, I spend a lot of my big social media presence is on Twitter, and um, and then I have a a couple of WordPress blogs. That's uh, right. That, uh, uh, my last librarian blog, which just um, features the books in my library and um our library i think we've got between us we've got about ten thousand books oh wow in the house it's ridiculous but awesome yeah but, uh and you interviewed yeah. me on the blog once years ago on one I of did. the blogs yeah i did yeah i did about about your uh yeah when we were talking about your music and the song elliot and yeah yeah i'd, I'd like to do some fallout podcasts yeah. too <laughs> well you two have talked about i remember you talked about was it The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker when it came out? You two did a podcast. Oh, uh, we did one on Solo, and then we did one on. I think it was. I think it was The Last Jedi. Did yeah. Well, it was like also the Rise. Of the Rise of, yeah, we did because I remember almost blurting out the um, uh, Hux. Oh remember? yeah, you were doing like a oh. spoiler-free yeah, review. I almost yeah. did. I don't know. Did you cut that out? I can't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah I freaked out. About, that was like one of the most exciting parts to me was when Hux. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to give a spoiler now. Anyway, uh, 
so Hux does something and I just freaked out. And <laughs> I said, I said, even when the first movie came, when the, um, what was the first, the newest Force Awakens, the Force Awakens. Yeah. when Force Awakens came out, came out, I said, I predict that Ray and Ky- uh, Kylo would save the world hmm. together. I predicted that and everybody thought I was full of it. And so I just want to say to all those people who will never listen to this podcast anyway, ha ha ha. What do you mean that'll never listen to this podcast? Thousands of people listen to Jesse's podcast. Right, but not I'm, everybody. I'm sure has listened that's to not our... true. Hopefully someday. Oh, you mean our, my podcast? Oh, yeah, like four people, I think, maybe. I <laughs> well, Cami, is there anything that you want to plug? Social media, anything else like that? Anything? I'm sorry? Anything that you want to plug for yourself? Any social media? No, I'm not even on Facebook anymore. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And she doesn't. That's one of the things. And that's that, another thing that has helped me um, stay away from negative. Sure. I, I've never done Twitter. I've never tweeted. Um, I, I did Facebook for a while, but now all I watch is stand up comedy and the meditation music. And um, <laughs> other no than news. that, I, yeah, no news. Absolutely yeah. no news. No mainstream news at all. I don't watch any um, panicky stuff like, uh, you know, Jerry Springer type of junk. Nothing that is. uh, Anxiety inducing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw it all in the bucket bucket. You don't need it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Wow, th- this has been so amazing. I, and I also have to say, you know, I can see you two on Zoom. Our listeners won't see you, but it's just so obvious how much love there is in this family. <laughs> like, it's just so obvious how much you two love each other just from watching you. Well, thank you. And this has been so special. I mean, I, I don't even have the words to thank you both, but just thank you so much. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that we, we recorded this and I really appreciate you both. Thank you. Well, well, thank, thank you. you. One thank of the you. biggest compliments that we ever got, a friend of his from high school wrote a book and he asked if I would read the prologue to it. And I said, well, absolutely. And he wrote in there about there were two characters that represented Evan and I. And he said that, it, you know, the first person uh, it, his book when he was writing the character that he was writing, um, the first person narrative said that he didn't believe in love at first sight, except for us. Oh, how, and, um, <laughs> how long have you two been together? Uh, since January of 06. Wow. That's awesome. Not yeah. long enough. <laughs> yeah, we met late. We yeah. did. We yeah. were 35 when we met. And, um, you know. It, and now we're 50. Seriously? 51. <laughs> well, 51. well, you're 51. I'm only 50. <laughs> you, I'm not. Well, for a few weeks. <laughs> But, yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Well, we should wrap things up, but thank you both so yep. much. This has been so special. Um, I can't wait to share this. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. 
Thank you to all of our $2 a month supporters, our $7 per month patrons, including Naomi Adele Smith, and our future producers at $25 per month. Learn more at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.